1: Welcome to Spark. We tell true stories. We tell them live.
2: And we tell them across the UK.
1: This story was told by Maria. At our night at the Brixton Ritzy,
2: when the theme was Crossing the Line. This story is the reason why I'm here, ultimately. Um, I feel like sometimes you kind of cross the line by like stepping over it consciously, whereas this was kind of like I got dragged across the line or pushed across the line, but I didn't want to go there. And you know how some days are like really shit days. They should have like a warning of like, it's sunshine right now, (laughs) but it's going to be fucking awful (laughs) in a couple of hours. so I was 24 at the time, this happened 2011, if I can count right. Um, I was 24, I was living with my then boyfriend in Finland, the most morose of countries, I know, <laughs> because I'm Finnish. <laughs> um, and we had a lovely flat, a ground floor flat in a in a block of apartments. Um, we had a puppy, a lovely bulldog puppy that was deaf and a bit thick, and looked like marshmallow, but lovely. Um, <laughs> And I thought I was quite happy. And that day that I got dragged across the line, I was um, very happy. My boyfriend was w- away for the weekend, so I had the flat to myself. Um, and it was a sunny day, and I, it was like the first day of spring, and I'd put on this like, I was into like ridiculous vintage clothing, so I had this big jumper dress with a massive bunny on it. And I was like listening to music in the flat, and I was hanging out with the puppy, and I was doing washing up. And as I was doing washing up, I could start hearing noise from across the hallway. And I knew that there was a lovely old couple living there because like, I'd like just spoken to the older man about dogs and how he wants to get a dog. And I thought nothing out of it. And I was like, oh, maybe they're having trouble opening the door or whatever. But the noise continued and continued. And like I could hear it over my music and my washing up. So I was like, right i better go and check what's going on, like a good neighbour, so I'm going to go to the hallway and just... I had a look through, I peeked in the hallway and I could see the neighbours, the old lady there. Um, And she was trying to pull the door open. And she had the... She'd called the landlord because she couldn't open the door, and he was trying to pull the door open as well. And I was like, this is really odd. By the way, in Finland, doors open outwards, you pull it open, like here, you push it. So this is a very important difference. and like, I go closer and I start getting this feeling of like, something's not right. And I don't feel good about this. It's a lovely spring day, but I have a funny feeling. And as I get close enough, they manage to pull the door open. And as they pull the door open, I can see the lovely old man who I've just been chatting about puppies with getting dragged along. And it didn't make any sense he had a pink thing around his neck and he'd hanged himself from the doorknob I don't know how this happens right and this was the moment where I was like I didn't want to say they hadn't noticed me and I just go do you need any help? <laughs> <laughs> and I crossed the line of like absolute no fucking return I'm in it there's dead body they turn around I realised the landlord is absolutely fucking hammered Like, he was so drunk, he could barely stand up. So he was not use. He was no use, he was not useful at all. And the old lady was just like, not understanding what's happening to her husband. So me, in my bunny mini dress, I'm like, right, something needs to be done. So I start untangling him from the doorknob. And like, a hanged man is quite heavy. So I start picking up his corpse, and I tell the dun- drunken landlord, I'm like, you better call the ambulance, so he, I can hear him call the ambulance. And, and as I'm like dragging the corpse along, I can hear that he's dead. My ass was hanging out, because my dress was so short, because I'm like, I have to clear the doorway. And another neighbor, because we're on the ground floor, another neighbor just walks in, and she goes, oh. <laughs> and I just go, I'm like, "Could you could you give me some help, please? She just goes, fuck no. (laughs) And just, you know, you've seen the Simpsons episode where Homer just like sees Abu having sex with his wife and does the like the. And that was the neighbor, and I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm in this alone, right? So I managed to somehow get him down. I managed to get the like the cat leash because they used to take their cat for a walk. I managed to get him from around his neck, and I start straddling him and doing like CPR. And like this guy's green, so he's like clearly dead. Um, and the wife looks at me and she goes, "He's not alright, is he?" And I'm just like, "No," like I think he's dead. And her answer is, "Do you want a cup of coffee?" And like. In this really absurd moment, I'd gone further than I thought I could. I told someone that someone they love is dead. There is a dead man who's clearly also crossed the line. Sorry, that's awful. It's not funny at all, but it's so traumatizing that I tend to make it funny, if I can. Um, and so i would like been trying to do really shit CPR for a little bit. I'm like, actually, I can't. And luckily, the ambulance guys walked in and they're like, you've done good, you can go home now. And they just like, I don't know what they thought because this is like a really random collection of people, like the drunken landlords sobbing in the corner. um, the old lady still asking whether anybody want coffee. And me and my mini dress going like, I just don't know. <laughs> and I was like, I'll be right there, I'm gonna go home now. And knock on the door if you need anything. Um, And I did the same kind of, <laughs> closed the door. And the biggest thing that happened that day, I closed the door and I was like, I've just been chatting to this man and he seemed happy, right? You can be that old and you can be that fucking unhappy. And it really hit me, it really hit me really hard that I'm not happy at all. In fact, I hate Finland, hate it with passion, the weather is shit, it's not sunny ever. I'm in a relationship with a guy that I really don't fancy. Um, (laughs) I've got a puppy who's really sweet and cute, but I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And (laughs) A week later, I had broken up from my relationship. I'd moved in with my parents. I'd sent an application to a film school in London. I managed to get in later, that's why I'm here. And I had turned my life around, crossed the line, and there's been no return ever since. Thank you. That was Maria. Next up, Beth. With another story about crossing the line.
1: Enjoy. So the story I'm going to tell happened two weeks ago. I work... (sighs) I work as a social worker, so I assess risk to vulnerable children, and I started this when I was 21, I'm 23 now, I look young, parents look at me and they think, who is this child who's telling me how to raise my children, and I'm like, ah, I don't know, um, <laughs> and they're like, do you have children, and I'm like, no, and they're like, um, can you tell me, like, are you who are you to tell me what to do, and I'm like, I don't know, I realise I'm filling you with faith in the social care system that we have. (laughs) But um, I've tried over the couple of years I've been doing it to feel confident in the way that I speak to parents and kind of take a firm stance about the things that I really believe in. One of these things is domestic violence against women. And a couple of weeks ago I was going out on this visit. I'd received a referral from the police saying that the mum had called the police after the dad kind of punched her in the head and kicked her to the floor, and the child was there. And I was feeling pretty worried about this, and I was like, right, Beth, you're going to go in there. You're going to say to this dad, look, you can't do this. You can't do this in front of your child. It's bad for his development. It's going to hurt him. And I'm going to stand my ground, so I'm not going to listen to his shit excuses about why he thinks it's okay to hit his wife. So I went in. I did it. He started giving me this crap excuse about how she was late to drive him to the... DVLA office because he had too many points on his license and I was really proud of myself I was like you know I accept that you know maybe you think this is okay but it's not you can't do this for your child it's going to affect his concentration at school it's going to affect your your wife's ability to look after him and it's going to affect your relationship and you don't want an anxious child anyway I was feeling on my really on my high horse I'd stuck to my feminist principles I was proud of myself for being a good professional And I walked out of the door. And my car had a flat tyre. And I've never changed a tyre on a car before. I've only been driving for six months. I didn't didn't even know if I had a tyre in the back of my car because I just didn't know anything about it. And I called my dad and he... Because this is what you do in these situations, you know. I'd called him the week before because I didn't know how to attach the barbecue to the gas canister and he... He'd talked me through that, so I thought, you know, flat tire, call my dad, it'll be fine. He didn't pick up. <laughs> I turned back towards the house. <laughs> and the entire family is standing in the doorway, kind of staring at me and my car. And the man kind of, kind of looks at me. And he walks out and he says, you can't drive on that. And I'm thinking, shit. It's just, I'm not going to look smooth when I drive away on my flat tyre. <laughs> I probably shouldn't do it for the car anyway. What do I do? So I'm at this, I'm at this point, and I'm thinking, how many, how many lines am I crossing right now when I step over all my feminist principles and ask this man who's beaten up his wife to help me change my tyre? <laughs> when I look ridiculous in terms of my professional authority when I'm kind of like, I don't know how to change a car tyre, but I'm going to tell you how to raise your child. <laughs> anyway, I, I do step, I do cross the line, and I ask him to help with the tyre. And he steps back and he says, he finds the tyre in the boot where I didn't know that it was. Thank God there was one there. And he starts doing that thing, you know, where you stand on the metal crowbar and get those little things off the inside of the wheel so it comes off and he does it very well and and I'm like oh I can help I can do that and he's like no 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 no, you stand back this is not a job for a woman (laughs) and inside I'm like (laughs) everyday sexism (sighs) don't you tell me I can't do something but then I'm like actually no I can't do that and and I've never been so grateful for everyday sexism. Thank you, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to Spark True Stories. If you love what we do, please help us spread the word by leaving us a
2: review on iTunes. For more True Stories and to see a live event, head to stories.co.uk.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.